Steitler, the bird chick, and I am here with non-birding Bill. Thank you for remembering. <laughs> I'm sorry, who are you again? 209 episodes in. I've only been absent for like one. I know, and like, yesterday was our 18th wedding anniversary. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. not made up. We seriously have been married for 18 years. can't believe that. And normally, I don't make a big deal out of our anniversary, but, because I just feel like it's the business of the two people. It's a horrific the- burden. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's really what... If you're thinking you about getting married... Over, you no, like, no. Do you remember, like... Okay, do you remember how this podcast works? I know no, we've only been doing this for, like, seven no, years or whatever. No, I've been off a couple weeks. I'm on antibiotics. Sure, things okay. Are, things are... No, also, uh, if you hear anything in the background besides the cockatiel, there is a rainstorm going on, and because we live on the top floor of our building, yeah. you're just going to hear the pitter-patter of rain. Sure. Okay, great. But anyway, seriously, we've been married for 18 years. I cannot wrap my head around this, that we are the sort of people that can say, yeah, we've been married 18 years. Yeah, well, it was a good run while it lasted, but now I think it's, you know, I think we've proved everything that we need to prove. Our marriage can vote if it registers, if it chooses to no, register. our marriage is not a corporation. It's actually between two people, so. Our marriage could apply for an auctioneer yeah. license. <laughs> Fascinating. Nobody cares about this. What's the bird news? Okay, okay. Well, we... Oh, my heavens. This is a loud rain. It Sorry, It is everybody. a loud rain. Yeah. Blame this is This isn't just me shaking a piece of tinfoil off to the side. This is actual rain. <laughs> we need some rain. Maybe we'll get yeah. some more morels out of it. Um, well, first, let's talk about where I've been the last couple weeks. Where have you been? I went to Ohio and Alaska. <laughs> Fascinating. I think Alaska... Kazakhstan, Portugal, Ohio, Alaska... <laughs> Well, Ohio is the biggest week in American birding. Uh, okay, if they say so. They do say so. That is on the billing. Actually, I feel like I have completely... I shouldn't say completely. I feel like I've just been off on the migration. Because sure. uh, I went to biggest week. It's it's a 10-day event. And mm-hmm. I only went for the first weekend. And sure. there weren't a lot of birds really? there. Oh, okay. And I mean, I... Oh, God. I, I led a celebrity field trip. There were not Celebrity... They didn't even they didn't even do the bird part. I mean, no. it's, a, it's a celebrity bird walk. They missed the trick there. And we're going along. There are hardly any birds, and I mean, there are hardly any birds. And and I'm kind of freaking out. And then I ran into Jeff Gordon from the American Birding Association. I'm like, hey man, what bird you got? Nothing. And I was like, okay, it's not just me. But I feel bad because it's like, what if you've gone on a walk with Ken Kaufman and it's been perfect? I went out with bird chick. All I saw was a freaking ruddy turnstone. Yeah, you kind of suck. Maybe you should like take some birds like in crates and just like throw them out there well what had happened was you know front the the big warbler push hadn't hit yet Mm. so meanwhile in minnesota yeah well that's nature's fault not mine (laughs) meanwhile in minnesota there's this gigantic front that's just been hovering over the state of minnesota preventing uh warblers from getting really past iowa and so like a few times i was here in minnesota the warblers Oh, hey, that's thunder. The warblers uh, either just bypass the Twin Cities altogether, or they just never made it here. I'm going to be so pissed if we die because lightning get our podcast and we both, like, get hit by It'd be the most popular podcast ever. 
Well, it'll never get uploaded because everything would be destroyed. They would find us this way. <laughs> they died doing what they... It's like those farmhouses where you find, like, everybody's... Like, the table is, like, all the plates are set yeah. and things like that. They they, they, yeah. they died doing what they tolerated, their podcast. Exactly. <laughs> so, but no, then I went up to Alaska mm-hmm. for a shorebird festival, and we didn't see a lot of shorebirds, and then come to find out they had changed the date of the festival one week to one week later. <laughs> and they didn't, uh, they didn't email blast the birds? No, and so the shorebirds had already gone through, most okay. of them. But, I mean... It's frickin' Alaska, so even if you don't see, you know, shorebirds, I saw frickin' rhinoceros auklet, common murs, pigeon guillemot. So, I mean, it was a great time. It was a, I, If you've never been to Homer, Alaska, you've got to go. I, you, if there was a national park site in Homer, Alaska, I would apply for that shit. And I would go. I'm happy for you. No, I think you would like it. It's a town. Uh-huh. There are restaurants and bars and oh, grocery sure. stores. So it's uh-huh. not like... Oh, wow. All three of them. No, it's Great. not like me getting a job at Grand Canyon. It's like, honey, we either have to shop at the tourist trap place inside the canyon uh-huh. or we have to go two hours to the flag and <laughs> get our food. But, um... No, okay. it's great. Good. I'm glad you had a good time. But anyway, those are the festivals I'm going. I still have one more festival left to go for the spring season. Which is... The Acadia Bird Festival at Acadia National Park in Maine. Okay. And we'll eat lots of lobster. All right. But no, so that's... Do we have actual news to talk about? Yes, and I feel I feel kind of... Because str- I, I met a podcast listener uh, up in Alaska, and uh, they... I always feel bad when I meet a podcast well, I met listener. A lot it's like, of podcast oh, I, I feel so bad. It's like, I'm sorry. The one that gets me is like when someone passes me like on the boardwalk at Biggest Week, and they're like, oh, hey! I've heard your podcast. <laughs> and that's all they say. And I was like, thank you. Hey, you. And it's like, I can never tell because they, they, they'll have a look on their face for like, I heard your podcast. I know you are. Oh, crap. I didn't like your podcast. Or if it's just, <laughs> hey, I've heard your podcast. That's great. Because so. <laughs> goodness knows I've done that. But I've lied. I did hear your podcast. I heard your podcast. I've, I've listened to that. Sure. Thanks. Where's Bill? non-burning bill here no he is not anyway so there was someone who said that they had taken a break from our podcast because they had they 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 were going through some job woes as we all do i've gone through them myself oh i wish i could go through a break from our podcast (laughs) it's so i know and so uh, they were saying that uh, (laughs) my favorite part about this is there's a podcast i listen it's a comedy podcast and it was like they get letters from me was like thank you for your podcast you've helped me through some really tough times like i was looking for a job but the laughs really made it it's like this is like i can't listen to this podcast anymore my life is too hard (laughs) yeah i was like i can't listen to the bird job stuff because i know you started putting that back in and that would just be too painful oh god so this week, in, in lieu of uh, putting up the uh, the bird job, we have uh-huh. a response to uh, the, a job that you and I talked about, the fairy okay. wren job. Okay. And All right, we'll uh, just walk us through whatever. So, you have. so uh, this is David, and he has recently graduated with uh, his biology degree okay. and doing lots of field work. Congratulations! And so he wants to give us a better idea of what the fairy wren oh, job please, is yeah, all well, about. Fantastic! Great. First of all, the personality test, which you guys seem to find hilarious. Mm-hmm. How can you not? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> do burgers have personalities, apparently? Uh, if it's framed as how we do it, so it's risk-taking or exploration tests. Okay. We would take the birds and put them in a cage, and the birds would react differently. Oh, so this was for the... I completely forgot about this. This yeah. was for the birds and not for the people who were applying yes, for the job. Yes, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. That, which that, I think okay. for some of these jobs, you definitely would want personality sure. tests. Oh, yeah, oh, Wait, yeah. am I spending the summer Yeah, with? are you a masochist? Great, welcome aboard. <laughs> so the birds would react differently. 
On one extreme, an individual would freeze completely with only an occasional blink for the duration of the test. On Mm -hmm. the other extreme, an individual would zip around, constantly trying to find an escape. Most of the time, it fell somewhere in between those two spectra. Because the population is color-banded, we can keep track of individuals, and the seven years of data seems to indicate that individuals are consistent with their reactions. Also, when we ban birds, we take blood samples to get the parentage. Mm -hmm. This especially comes into play when we swap clutches by finding two synchronous nests and swapping the eggs. And since we have the pedigree of most of the population, the age-old question of nature versus nurture can begin to be untangled. Basically, since they take the eggs from one nest, some females are raising genetically unrelated babies. That's really messed up. Can that's I just a say lifetime that? original movie. That's like that's like really some fucked up shit. That that <laughs> that. In the interest of science, we are altering the natural progress of the world. Yeah, so but if that we can we understand, understand this, that's great. When yeah. shit goes down, we can try and help. That's fine, but you're still altering what is happening in nature. You know what? <laughs> we put this chimpanzee baby in with a bunch of lions to see what would happen. Turns out it doesn't work out that well. No, but it's... I mean, this is something you have to do. If these birds... If if this one population has two different strong reactions... Sure. And also, if we're trying to figure out if this is a genetically thing, or a genetically tied thing, or, sure. or learned behavior... But you're fucking with that process. Is it... Genetics or is it the beings. Okay, yeah. let's look. So, by being human beings, we're fucking with the planet. Yeah. Everything we do. You and I just sitting here, we have probably killed five animals. Right. Yeah, definitely. Who knows Without how inner, many dust mites have just died right now that live in your eyelashes. Uh, all right, let's continue with Lotus, actually. Okay, Lotus, actually, okay, okay, okay. Interesting. So, anyway... The, they're, so, rather than... So, what they're doing, you know, is... So, rather than saying... This is what a northern cardinal acts like, since they know the genetics sure. and they know the tagging and all this. We can say this is what Bill acts like. Okay. So, oh, secondly, on the compensation, which NBB calls, quote, bullshit, unquote. Right. Oh, you guys, what did I call bullshit? Uh, the compensation. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, sure. Uh, yeah. We're, we are miss- You guys are missing the whole point. As long as you don't plan on living luxuriously and eating out every night, <laughs> living on the reimbursements that they provide is plenty. Oh, I remember this job now. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. The reimbursements for receipted expenses were timely, so it's so it wasn't difficult at all. Basically, you could see it as a free trip, including airfare to Australia. Mm. You're not going into the hole financially, and mm-hmm. being there is payment enough. I have to wonder, like, if like he had like his advisor had like a gun to his head, know, or maybe a like, large knife, or is like no, you should. You're you're getting a free vacation to do this. <laughs> or if this was like a sixty year old professor who put a baseball cap on. Hello, young people. Let me explain to you. No, see no fan, thank you for the insight. That was good. I also would like to direct you to this really fabulous. Uh, uh, video that you can watch that's titled "Fuck You, Pay Me." Sure. <laughs> but no, but I, no get I, I get it. I get it. Thank you for writing in. That's actually, I'm so happy. I'm glad to know that the compensation is adequate. Great. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Again, as always, my job on this podcast is to be an uninformed jerk. But you have more. I just love this. He's like, you know, talking about how you know. This one, you come out financially neutral, but you've gained so much by being on an insanely awesome continent for an incredible project. It isn't always easy to find well-paying jobs in the Northern Hemisphere, non-breeding season. Yep. 
I'm so, positive. Like, I, I, and again, I think I've said this before. Like, if you are going to do science about the, these are amazing opportunities for you. It's, I'm sure it's going to be a hard work, but you know, it's not. <laughs> it's always, uh, yeah, you're going to need to pay for your own flight there, and also you need to learn how to shoot bears. Because there's going to be bears there. there. The, but the, I do appreciate clarification, sure, David, great. with Thank this. That's great, in. great. And I, he's also concerned that we were worried that that, that we would perceive this as criticism. I, no, we don't. No, we please. appreciate the clarification. If anyone else has been on one of these jobs, uh, please. Yeah, if you have been. I would love to hear Actually, if you've been on a job that turned out great for no money and yeah. you had a good time and you see it as Especially something Especially the job that was like, what was it, community outreach and like, you know, was it Uganda or uh, Papua New Guinea or whatever pa- it was? Probably Papua New Guinea. Papua New Guinea. It's like, yeah, it's like, write in about and tell us what you're Yeah, tell us about your bird jobs. If you... If you've had a horrific experience, yeah. definitely tell us about that. Because, I mean, I've been most of the jobs I've been on have been great. Sure. Uh, there have been a couple of jobs I've been on where it was like, that was, in hindsight, really dangerous, and I shouldn't have... Mm-hmm. I, there are so many ways I could have been injured and do- died that I just did not think through, and I certainly did not, not get paid enough to do that. Right. And, anywho. Good. Good. Great. What's our next story? Um, oh, I, oh, I meant to bring this up when I was talking about going to Alaska. Uh-huh. So I did not realize when I was in Homer, Alaska, mm-hmm. that I was in the land of the Eagle Lady. And some of you oh, people yeah, may talk remember about this person. Yeah, you, so, you, laid yeah. that, you laid that on me. Something I learned, I didn't realize she was from Aiken, Minnesota. Oh, okay. So there used to be a woman on the Homer Spit who used to put out massive amounts of uh, chum for bald eagles. And you probably have even received this meme. I receive it periodically of like, oh, all these eagles showed up on the Mississippi River and there were hundreds and it was this great spectacle. And people have sent it to me and I always point out to them, it's like, um, if this was in Iowa, why are there so many mountains behind the bald eagles? You know, <laughs> FYI. <laughs> but, um, but, but basically there are all these, these photos out there. Well, these bald eagles caused some problems in Homer. Sure. Because if... You know, once the fish were gone, the eagles were eating everything. And I remember at one point reading an article, and I can't find this article anymore, but people, the residents were talking about there were no more sandhill cranes Hmm. there. Uh, Bald eagles were roosting on everything, and there was a picture of somebody's car, and it had like three juvie eagles on it hanging out. And the guy was like... I scare them off, and as soon as I go in my house, they come back in. Oh, sure, I remember. Like, and the car is just covered with eagles. Yeah, I remember there was like a thing about like a, a truck that had like fish innards or whatever. Mm-hmm, it was it's mm-hmm. like, and the eagles were like all over it. So as I'm walking around Homer and stuff, and there's also uh, a type of gull there called a black-legged kittiwake, mm-hmm. and they nest under some of the fishing piers, and that was something that happened because of the bald eagles. Kittiwakes, uh, mm-hmm. most of them used to nest on this rock called Gull Island, and some of them still do, but quite a few started nesting under the dock because it was the one place where the eagles couldn't eat them and kill them. Oh, wow. Well, now, after the eagle lady died... Uh, the city of Homer Under enacted a law. mysterious circumstances. No, no, she was really old. Okay. Uh, I think she was in her 80s. I mean, she lived a long and... Sure. I assume happy life. Uh, there are signs all over that say, Feeding eagles, crows, ravens, gulls, and other predatory or scavenger birds is prohibited. And then they have the law. Mm-hmm. And these are all up and down the spit. I love it, number one, because it says gulls, not mm-hmm. seagulls. Good. That was that made me so happy. But I just found it fascinating. You are not allowed to feed those birds in Homer. Mm-hmm. And there's still quite a few eagles around there. So I went to another city nearby called mm-hmm. Anchor Point. And there people were just tossing out their leftover halibut mm-hmm. catches and things like that. And eagles were just, they were everywhere. They were oh, just sure. hanging out just waiting for it. And 
we did a little experiment and maybe I will post this video here. We have a, some friends uh, met me up in Alaska and I went birding with them during the, the festival. And we have a mutual friend who does not like to travel. Her goal in life is to never have a passport. And so we have created okay. a flat version of her to oh, sure. take her, take out on trips. And so somebody put out a fresh pile of halibut. And my friend Sue and I saw this. So we took flat Michelle. And we have two yeah, different versions. We sure. have a scared flat Michelle with her hands in the air. Yeah. And then like a laid back Michelle who's drinking a beer. Sure. So we put the scared Michelle in the gut pile. Nobody would come up to this fresh halibut pile. Like they would start to come in, yeah. and then they would look hinky. Well, finally the northwestern crows came in, and like screw it, we'll eat, we'll eat mm-hmm. around this. Yeah. But the gulls would kind of come in, and they would see scared flat Michelle with her eyes wide open and her yeah. hands up, and they wouldn't come. And the eagles, they would just fly back and forth. So then I went over and I switched out uh, scared Michelle for beer Michelle. Mm-hmm. Immediately the crows come in. The gulls are like. The young girls especially are like, okay, I can deal with this. The eagles would start to fly in, and then they would see, like, the human face and stop. So we we did this for, like, an hour and a half, and I had it on time lapse. We had one mm-hmm. eagle kind of walking behind her. So finally I was like, you know, I'm hungry. Let's, let's mm-hmm. ditch this popsicle stand. So I go and I grab Flat Michelle, and we walk. And when we get about 20 feet away from the halibut pile, I turn around. Boom, there's three eagles right there. So it's they don't care about the actual humans, I think, but like sure. a human staring at them in the middle of the fish pile is just too much. So if you need uh, a scary eagle to keep eagles away from your crops, boy, how do you, we got to You need my friend Michelle. Yeah, to yeah. stand out in your field. Well, she didn't keep crows away. Because <laughs> Sue was like, oh, this, maybe this is a scarecrow. Was it Sue or someone else? Someone was like, oh, this is a scarecrow. I was like, no, you don't understand. The crows were the first to come in. Right. Anyway. Anywho, it's a cool <sighs> sign. You should check it out. Next story. Sorry. Um, oh, oh, from my home state of Indiana, mm-hmm. there was an outdoor writer by the name of Zeke, Zeke Wilson. Okay, from, I'm going to let that one pass. <laughs> from the Indiana Gazette. Sure. Uh, first of all, this article, I just want to say as a writer, from one writer to another, and mm-hmm. I, I usually don't like to criticize publicly other writers, but this article is not well written. This is an article that... I get the sense that he was like me. Sometimes you have a deadline and you're like, oh crap, I need to put 500 words out there. Sure, I get that. And the article just kind of meanders and goes all over the place. Unlike me, who when I write those articles, I get a note from the editor saying, that's the most popular article we've had (laughs) in the last six months. Can you do another one like that? This guy just lays down some bad, bad, bad facts. So... So it starts off, eagles are everywhere. In the two days it took me to realize a paycheck is more important than poultry. I was hunting. I, he basically couldn't find any turkeys, and he saw a lot of bald eagles. And he said, if you hunt, fish, trap, or homestead, the eagle is the enemy. Fragmentation across the country and full protection by the federal government have allowed raptors to once again sit atop the food chain. Once again! Yeah. Small pets and unattended children are easy pickings for an eagle. And perhaps at some point, oh. society will realize why our ancestors did their best to eliminate anything with a talon. I'm like, really? Really, nonsense. Zeke? Zeke, did you, did you have to go there? I mean, on the one hand, we all know that pets get taken from time sure. to time. It's, if your pet's under 10 pounds, I have a rabbit. I get it. It's more likely to be taken by a coyote, but whatever, man. That's, yeah, I mean, I have to, I mean, I'm going to hopefully assume that that was a joke no that no he's actually trying to convince people that their babies are in but i was like really unattended children that is not going to happen with a bald eagle it's just not yeah 
Uh, uh, yeah, so, dumb article. Uh, and, you know what? Our ancestors were kind of dumb. You know what? Our ancestors... Our ancestors thought it was reasonable to have black people be slaves. Our ancestors thought uh, tying a rooster to the north side of your house would ensure healthy crops. Our ancestors thought that a woman showing her ankles was the end of the world. Our ancestors thought uh, England was great. No, I don't know. (laughs) I know, we could go on and on about... Times. Yeah, no, our ancestors were generally less knowledgeable than we are today. Our ancestors did the best they could, but mm-hmm. oftentimes when they did the best they could, it was to the detriment our ancestors, of other people. Our ancestors didn't know what penicillin was. And my God, am I so grateful for... Well, I'm not no. grateful for penicillin because I'm allergic to penicillin, but this is probably something I will talk about more later, but if you encountered right. me at Biggest it's, Week and I seemed weird, I yeah. on penicillin the, because the, I have a skin The appeal thing. to, oh, our ancestors had the great... By going up to, uh, you know, Hawk Mountain and shooting 12,000 yeah, hawks. Just, yeah, great work, yeah. No, that that goes back to the Nagelte books where it was oh, yeah. like the evil hawk that swoops down like the Lord High Executioner of yeah. the Woods. And, our our and ancestors like, thought that it would be illegal for me to walk around outside yeah. in pants. I was talking about how great birding is mm-hmm. and just how grateful I am to be able to walk around in pants as a woman with bug spray. Bug spray oh. was not a thing. No, yeah. Our ancestors didn't know what bug spray was. Yeah. We have it so good when so. it comes to a lot of things. And not to say that there aren't things so what that was this, So what was the thrust of this guy's... Oh, why was he arguing against birds of Basically, prey? Basically, I, I think he was having a bad turkey hunting day. Oh, fuck that shit. That's just peaks and valleys. It's like right now in Minnesota, we're having like a boom rabbit year. You cannot go anywhere. Like, I was dog sitting in like an urban area. like In, in like hard- an urban... You were dog sitting in an urban area. Yeah. It, like, and walking around and the dog stopped and it was a, you know, part pointer mix and pointed. And it was like, oh. And I looked. And there's a rabbit underneath this bush. We are having a boom rabbit year. And if this guy wants we to, are having a boom rabbit year. If this guy wants to hunt turkeys, come up to Minnesota because they are every fucking where. So wait, you just basically did with us. You went from rabbits to turkeys. But I'm just saying, like there are booms and busts. Oh in, yeah, in yeah. But animal yeah, populations. I'm not going to get into the rest of the article because the article really has no point. Yeah. It just kind of because you got to put something out there. It like two paragraphs later, he starts talking about how people are taking care of wildlife when they shouldn't be taking care of wildlife, and but that's dumb. That means more wildlife to hunt. Well, no, just how bad of a job we do. I I actually, I've been struggling. I read an article the other day. It was basically a rant from a wildlife rehabber, and it was a very pointed rant, and I understood the wildlife rehabber's rant, but I I didn't think it would help anybody. It was kind of like preaching to the, oh, God. Oh, we should talk about the messenger. Let's talk about that next. Let's leave Zeke and talk about the messenger. Okay, next stuff out. So we did a Birds and Beers with Minnesota Audubon. You did a Birds and Beers. I was not there. Yeah, that's true. Um, So this is going to be your gig. And 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 so I know a lot of people host birds and beers out there. The way I host birds and beers is it's strictly a meetup. I don't generally like to include other things with it. I will experiment with that from time to time. So Minnesota Audubon was like, "Hey, we have a screening of the Messenger. Do you want to do this?" And they got uh, they got a space at the Bryant Lake Bowl, sure. which is uh, if you're ever in Minneapolis, <laughs> you have to put this on your to do list. An icon. It is a yeah. It is it is a. It is one of the pillars of the Minnesota drinking and performance. Because it is a bar, restaurant. Those are not two separate things. You didn't need to clarify Bowling alley and theater. And we have both performed there numerous times. As a matter of fact, you have a show Mm -hmm. coming up in in a couple weeks there. Um, And actually, I love it because I go there and everybody knows me. And it is one of the most generous Jameson pours you can get in the Twin Cities metro area. Not untrue. 
Um, it's it's an informal theater. You will hear people bowling and mm-hmm. shouting during the show, but you can see some really fantastic performances there. Um, you should always go. And, and so I was like, okay, if it's at the BLB, I love the food. I love. I just love the BLB. I'm I'm in with that. But I I I've had mixed feelings about the Messenger. I've seen previews for it, and it's like. Oh, God, is this one of those movies where I'm going to watch all the way migratory birds die? Because I already know how they die. I don't want to watch that in beautiful HD footage. Right. And some of the people at Birds and Beers were also thinking the same thing. <laughs> so we, we settle down. I'm in, I'm in my seat. I'm in my exit strategy seat that I like to sit in at <laughs> sure. the DLB. You know where I'm sitting. Oh, yeah. I know exactly <laughs> And because I figured if it was too much, I could just sneak down into the green room and hang out there till the mm-hmm. movie was over. Yeah. So we watch it. And... They've, I get the sense that the people that made this documentary got this HD footage of birds in the tube that they used to study bird migration. Right. So it's like Orioles, Black-throated Blue Warblers, Wood Thrushes in glorious HD slow motion, you know, flying. And I think someone saw this footage and was like, this is beautiful. I bet we could make a movie about this. People love birds. Oh, wait, birds have problems? We could intersperse this and maybe put a message with it and sell it to birders? Yeah, let's, let's do that. And... So we're watching the first few minutes of it. A friend of mine sitting behind me, and so it's like this gorgeous bird flying in slow motion. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden, my friend behind me goes, splat! Bonk! Like as if the birds are hitting the windows. And I just started laughing. I was like, Okay, did it. the bird actually hit a window? Not that particular bird. Okay. But it just was hilarious, because that's what we were all thinking was going to happen. But I mean, it covered all the dangers. It even covered the Ortolans that we oh, talked the, about yes, on here. Oh, yes, the bird that you eat and it's sinful. To, yeah, okay. They interviewed an Ortolan hunter okay. who unabashedly talked about how they captured the Ortolans and then they showed people like savoring the Ortolans it was disturbing. They did not put the napkins over their heads. They didn't put the napkins over their heads because it's like trying to hide their shame from God. They should do it because it looks disgusting. So it shows this woman like taking this naked bird and just like sucking on it. It was just, it was just disgusting. It was... I think messengers on Netflix, you can watch it. If you're in World War II, who was it, Vietnam, who informed uh, families that their loved ones had died uh, in the war. Is that also called messengers? Okay, yeah. Oh, messengers. This is the messengers thing, it's singular. Basically, if you know how all the ways that birds face terrible things in migration, and you can watch that glorious HD footage, don't. They go out and do the other thing, the other frustration I had was, okay, pulls all this stuff is happening. And it ends on this really horrific and tragic note, and you just feel so hopeless. And I'm right. like, you can't, you can't just throw this at us and not tell us what we can do to help. Sure. Uh, and bless Audubon's heart, because afterwards they were like, well, let's talk and, mm-hmm. you know, figure out things we can... That's what I did like about So Minnesota. whose idea was this? Minnesota Audubon. Oh. Minnesota, I like Minnesota and Audubon sure. an awful lot. They're of the many organizations out there, especially in the state of Minnesota. They do quite a bit. They work a lot to engage the community. I know everybody who works there. I, I, I like Minnesota Audubon an awful lot. And I think what, one of the things that I like was... Rather than other organizations like, hey, we're going to go to a bar and drink and watch this awful movie. I shouldn't say awful movie. We're going to watch this tragic movie. They were like, okay, this movie has some issues and is kind of bleak, but let's maybe discuss and figure out where we can go from there. And so that's what I really appreciated about Minnesota Audubon. But you can watch. I don't. I just have mixed feelings about The Messenger. I feel mixed messengers. Uh Terrible I just joke. feel like okay. they just... Sure. It didn't have as much of a point as they wanted it to have. I don't know. Maybe if you're a non-birder, watch The Messenger. If you yes. don't know how awful it is for migration, you should Let's watch Let's feel this. bad about nature. And then you're going to really rethink how you drink coffee and chocolate. <laughs> All right. What's our next story? Uh, our next story... Oh, I should have saved that for the baldy. Oh, okay. So... There's an article that came out called People Love Watching Nature on Nest Cans, 
until it gets grisly. Okay. Good. And I'm sure. So I thought, oh, I'll check this out. And it was about all the things that have gone wrong on Nest Cams well, and how the commenters got out of control. Not things that have gone wrong. Well, that's a, that's a terrible way to put it. Yes, I always put things in the most terrible way. No, I actually put things in a terrible <laughs> way. No, actually, so commenters got angry when shit got real. Sure. I think that's that's really, and, and there's a great quote in this <laughs> Like article. on the real world. Yeah, from uh, Charles Edelmeyer. I can't remember. Edelmeyer. Mm. Um, who I was on the Ivory Bill Woodpecker search team uh-huh. with. Okay. And I remember Charles, and I also remember Charles sitting across from me eating ramen with cheese in it. But, great strength. No, Charles was great. I actually, I, I really love it when I see his name comes up mm-hmm. uh, and things like he's just doing so well. I just, I'm just excited for him. But anyway, he said it's like watching Game of Thrones. You know somebody is going to die, but you don't know who or how or why. You know one possibility is someone's not going to die, but it's. It starts listing all these things that commenters have done that are just out of control. All right, lay them on me. Okay. So in 2014, when chicks featured on a bald eagle cam in North Fort Myers, Florida, weren't getting much to eat, some viewers decided to take matters into their own hands. Of course they did. Under cover of darkness, they headed to the nest site and tossed meat into it. A roast, to be specific. Great idea. Which is not something they're going to eat. Yeah, that's that's a fantastic idea. Good idea, humanity. <laughs> uh, that was one example of the crisis PR. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that Jenny Pritchett McSpadden says she dealt with since her family mm-hmm. launched the uber popular camp four years ago. Um, they started out with an eagle pair that they named Ozzy and Harriet. Then mm-hmm. Ozzy was hit by a car, and sure. while that was in the rehab center, another male took a spot. When Ozzy came back, the males fought, and Ozzy succumbed to his injuries. I remember that story. Viewers freaked out, Mm -hmm. and that was another lesson. Don't name the birds. Sure. Um, In 2013, Eagles brought a cat into the nest. Uh, Oh, well, that actually happened this year, too. Mm -hmm. Uh, In February, a chick known as E8 was being picked on by its sibling, which the cam noted on its Facebook page is not uncommon. And they put up the warning, if you become emotional, we ask that you turn off the cam. One commenter responded, I, for one, will not stop fighting to get E8 removed from this nest with every ounce of strength I have. Shame on all involved. Last summer, when people started promising to bring ladders to the Woods Hole Oceanographic Institute campus to pluck a huge osprey chick from the nest, uh, they caved. We had to remove it. Uh, and it's just, and she's like, she was talking to U.S. Fish and Wildlife, and they said, listen, rules are different. You have a camera on it, and that thing's going to starve to death on primetime, so you have to do something like remove the chick. And it's just all these things, and I mean, we've yeah. had that here, like when one of the bald eagle chicks got caught in nesting material mm-hmm. on the bald eagle cam, and the DNR was like, well, we're not going to do anything about it. And people revolted, the commenters revolted, mm-hmm. and when they weren't getting any traction by calling into the DNR, they started calling the governor's office. And the governor was like, I don't know why I have a bunch of angry bird people on my sure. phone, but DNR do something about it because I'm tired of this. Yeah, it's. Uh, um, this yeah. is something I always kind of knew what was going to happen with bird oh, sure. cams, but it's, it's just. But it, some of the other comments in here, like people who run these cams, who are doing it for free, like they have other jobs, but they just have the cam as as a side thing, and they moderate it's... the comments. They get threats. It's like if you don't take care of this problem. I'm going to take care of you. Uh, people are people are terrible. The internet it's is become, terrible. Yeah, well, no, people are terrible. Uh, it's become more of a problem, I think, since uh, 
video technology has become better because before it was like, you know, here's four pictures from throughout the day. And it's like suddenly one of the chicks is missing. Yeah, that chick didn't make it. Sorry, That's everybody. True. And now it's like you're watching this in HD 24 And sometimes you're actually getting sounds, too. Yeah, and I think I think we need to do something like where it's a three-week delay. Like, just just let not pe- people not know what's going on. Well, that was... Like, supposedly, that happened with, like, the first year of the Decor Eagle mm-hmm. cam. Uh, a source told me, that wishes sure. to remain anonymous, well, that, that the cam shut down for a day, and yeah. they were like, oh, technical difficulties? Like, no, they brought a cat to the nest. And so they just shut yeah. the cam down. Here's my question is... Like, what do, what's the upside of having these nest cams? I mean, obviously you're getting people to watch this, but are they you... getting any ad revenue or no, 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 no. Like but that? you are getting people interested in birds that never would have had an interest. Like, like but the that's... penguin cam. Okay. We had people who have never thought about birds before that were just going nuts over penguin cam sure. or puffin cam. That's great, but my point is, what are they doing? It's like, it's not... For, for me, it's like, oh yeah, they do bring cats to the nest, or oh yeah, they, they do sometimes sure, kill. Sure, but that's you, but here's what I'm saying is, and I understand, like, for scientists, like, for people who are doing, like, behavioral studies, huge benefit. Yeah, let's put this on here and find out what, like, how these birds actually live. What is the benefit of letting the general public see this? And I guess maybe my answer is it's an incremental thing where people learn, yeah, nature is not, it's not, well, it's like that. there's an old Far Side cartoon where it's like, well, Mr. Raccoon went down to the river and the music told him that uh, Mr. Fox wasn't anywhere near. And there's like literally a band playing in the background. It's like, yeah, it's not like that. It's like when you see, um, you know, any nature documentary, it's like when an, a bird of prey is chasing a rabbit, he's not going to catch the rabbit because that's bad for ratings. Well, and that actually has been brought up is that maybe all these nature documentaries that do things are like, we're not going to show you when the actual kill happens yeah. of this rabbit, that we, it hasn't done a good enough job mm. of showing you shit goes down. But I remember when cams first started, I thought, this isn't the best idea yeah. because a lot of these chicks do not in, survive. In a larger sense, and I'm getting into my love of movies here, I saw Jungle Book and Zootopia, hmm. uh, both movies which have predators in, you know, in noble, you know, in good guy roles in this. And the movies make very much a point of never showing what the carnivores eat. It's like I remember oh, that with Leo the Lion. Carnivores the and carnivores and herbivores are living together peacefully, and it's like, oh, they're gonna get ice cream and stuff. Okay, what are the carnivores eating? We're not gonna address that at all. Yeah, I remember that with the Leo the Lion cartoon when yeah. I was a kid. Be like when the the baby lions were born, and Leo was like, "I'm gonna go out and get them some food." It's like, well, never mind that they would actually be nursing at this mm-hmm. point. And he brings back this kind of like pinkish red lump that it's they're like eating. Hamburgers, like, yeah, yeah. It's like you know that antelope friend of yours. It's probably like his haunch that yeah. you should be feeding to your your, your cub there, Leo. But it's it's tricky. <sighs> I I I I mean, on the one hand, I think. In the grand scheme of things, you want to use these cams to generate interest in bald eagles. And so someone who may have never thought of a bald eagle or an osprey or a great horned owl. And then, well, especially someone who never gets to see a Owls are hard to find if Mm -hmm. you don't know how to look for them. And even if you do know how to look for them, they're they're still a challenge. Well, some people don't even know what they are. Yeah. 
And so the fact that you're at work having a bad day and you can mm-hmm. look in on this, like, oh, this is cool. Okay, yeah. And there is something to be said. Yeah. Like, once you name something, the... And we're all guilty of this. We all anthropomorphize oh, yeah. on the internet. I have learned over the years a detachment. Mm-hmm. Like, it's... And it started when I worked with animals at the Raptor Center. Mm-hmm. And it's like... Again, I remember I for there was a period where I was, like, the care lead of a mm-hmm. Kestrel. And when the Kestrel died... I was sad, but I had at that point built up. Sure. You, you build up. You build I'm, up this wall, and like you're. I'm not going to care for you like I care for the cockatiel, yeah. my cockatiel, or uh, Dougal, our mm-hmm. rabbit. And it's it's. I'm going to go ahead. Yeah, that's my answer to my own question. Is it's important that people see this? And yes, there are going to be growing pains, and people are going to get upset. And some, a small, a small vocal portion, are going to be crazy about this they're going to be threatening they're going to be over involved with this but eventually this is going to lead people to an actual greater understanding of nature rather than the pasteurized but i think it's something to consider because remember like the bear guy who used to have the bear camps and he used that as a means to raise money for his bear research his bear quote-unquote research center uh, and he, he got his funding taken away because one of the things this person was doing that was controversial mm-hmm. was he would take people on bear tours where you are getting way too close sure. to black bears. And also he's feeding the bears and habituating them to humans. And that is a dangerous situation for humans and the bears. But I'm saying, yeah. But, but I mean, if you're yeah. using these cams as a means to get people to care and you're also using this as like, I've given it a name. I've shown mm-hmm. you some real cool stuff. Now give me some money. I think that's also something. But most that's of these cams. That's a good point. They're not necessarily asking for money, but there are going to be times where, well, oh, you and like I, this? And I know that like, money. you know, like, you know, and thank you for doing this, Excel. Excel does bird cams. It's like, yeah. oh, this bird is nesting on the excel tower and the bird you know all this stuff and thank you for doing that and i think that yes it is and i'm sorry that whoever has to deal with has has to deal with this but it is good that people are learning yes birds of prey do sometimes take cats and other birds that they don't just take ugly birds they take you know I don't watch nest cams live as much as I used to mm-hmm. because when they first started, I would notice the comments on the side. I'm like, oh, I can't yeah. deal with no. answering that question no, again no, no, and no, again. No. And oh, 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 you, no. you're you're crazy. Yeah, you're gonna toss a roast in that nest. Yeah, don't do that. People, 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 people. Yeah, that's my. That's yeah. Peoples that's, is peoples. Yeah, that's my. Peoples yep. is peoples. Yeah. All right. Next story. Police have new scopes to spot distracted drivers from a distance. Police. Police. Oh, I thought you said police. Please have new scopes. Police. <laughs> the five O have new scopes. Do I sound white enough when I say that? The five O. The police. The police have new scopes to spot distracted drivers from a distance. So essentially, cops yeah. in Canada have oh, learned how to digiscope. Sure. Oh, and good. they are using that. To catch you, bleep, bleep. Uh, texting, being distracted, not wearing a seatbelt. So, yeah, and there's a picture of uh, someone. Yeah, and she's digiscoping with an SLR. And I kind of want to take him aside and say, you're spending way too much money with well, that SLR. Is, you should be doing that with your smartphone. This is interesting because I know there's a thing like, um, and if this is wrong, please forgive me. Don't. Well, no, do write it and correct me. Like, if police are taking photos of evidence, they have to use film. Because there's a thing where digital cameras Canada. can be. Yeah, so that's my thing. It's like if you take the photo with your, you know, SL, your 
SLR or your iPhone or whatever. What have you. Wait, you think a film photo can't be altered? Well, no, that's my point. I think you told me this, actually, is that they have to use film cameras because that's less likely to be altered. That's not something I've told you. There's no way they can keep using... As much as I could believe that that's true, being a federal mm. employee where... Okay, Thank you, Hillary Clinton. I have to take... Well, before you, I had to take training every year on what constitutes... What the fuck does Hillary Clinton have to do with this? Uh, I'll get to it. Okay, Okay. so as a federal employee, every year I have to take training about, you know, what is... How to secure documents and whatnot. Mm. And, well, thanks to the whole Hillary Clinton email debacle. And this is not an endorsement or a detriment. I'm not telling you to vote for any particular candidate. I really don't care who you vote for at this point. Sure. Um... Uh, but that whole email thing, that basically means I have a whole new level of FISA training that I have to do. Thank you. Thank you for that. But anyway, they're going through, you know, like, what are the best practices for keeping things safe? And one of the things that's considered a best practice that I was quizzed on was an actual answer on the quiz I had to take. And if I didn't get, like, at least an 80% on this quiz, I... to the end... Sending a fax to someone attending the fax machine on the other end. That is considered an acceptable and safe way to send information. I agree with that. Okay, someone can say, yeah, I'm going to attend this fax machine while you fax this data. Mm -hmm. And then they can just like, oh, I'm going to go and grab some coffee and that fax will just come in. Yeah. We still use fax machines. Fax machines are awesome. Fax machines are amazing. Why? Why? How are they better than an encrypted email? They are low-tech and they work. They are amazing. All our fax machine does is send us spam about cruises. (laughs) But no, it's a a thing. No, there's like, there have been a couple instances where it's like, you can, it's like, oh, I I can send that over. Oh, can you fax that? I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? I'm going to answer your question. I'm going to answer your question here. Here's why. It's because it's been approved and it hasn't been disapproved. So somebody, somebody, some Sharon, 30 to 40 years ago, went through this whole process of getting fax machines approved. Are you making fun of the federal policy that I wrote recently? Yes. No, I'm saying that someone like you got this whole thing. Here's why. Okay, imagine you were you in the, in well, not even, like the 70s, and you had to do a five-year study on why fax machines were okay. And how fax machine and you had to explain to people who grew up before the Wright brothers flew why fax machines work and were okay. So they that got approved and by no means are they going to take that off the approval. It's like the whole thing about once a bird gets on the endangered species list, you are going to fight to stop it being removed from that list because you know the protections that it gets. So what what non-verting Bill is alluding to is I I am the social media coordinator for my park. Mm -hmm. And so as a park, and I I don't feel like I'm giving away government secrets here. You have to have a social media policy that is signed. I have written it in such a way. Well, I've written it, but I mean, every year it has to be updated because social media changes. Exactly. And, And yeah, basically what I'm writing is something to keep people from, like if they do something that's like, 
I love your enthusiasm that and you just decided to suddenly start a YouTube channel for mm-hmm. us, even though you've only worked for us for two weeks. But um, this this is the policy, so you're gonna have to. And also, uh, yes, it's but I mean, and that's not a bad thing. It's that not you have a bad policy, thing. but it takes. It's basically time. there because I'm not saying this happened at my park, sure, but it's happened at several parks where somebody at some point was like, "Social media is happening. The government yeah. is not doing anything about no, it. I'm gonna start these five social media accounts, exactly. and then that person gets another job, and five years later you're like or Wait, we some or some well-meaning person thinks oh we need to save the spotted blunderbuss and okay we need to you know post photos and here's the person who's opposed to that with a dagger through their head and like stuff like how do we get to blunderbuss from cops using digiscoping but anyway my point is because i'm explaining like why the i'm explaining why we need fax machine fax machines are the only thing holding our world. Funny story. Um, while I was dog sitting this weekend, they were having the big community garage sale. Oh, and I remember that. Narnia as I was yeah. as I was riding my bike back, uh, somebody had a fax machine sitting on the grass for sale. And you didn't buy it. <laughs> I didn't. Thank you. Because I know how to send faxes through my computer, <laughs> which I have had to do. <laughs> oh, what's our next story? I do want to add one thing with this police digiscoping. Okay, sure. Okay, they, yeah. Okay, so police are digiscoping. Great. They have this very lovely photo of this very earnest ginger Canadian cop. Don't say ginger. That is the stupidest word word in the world. For, just say redhead. I think ginger is better than redhead. <sighs> there was the greatest, and I'm going to try to dig this up to post it on the thing. There was the greatest uh, graphic in the world of someone saying redheads are called ginger. This is what ginger looks like. And it was a photo of like a clove of ginger or a root of ginger. This is what strawberry blonde is called. And this is what a strawberry looks like. So it's like gingers are like actual ginger is more blonde than a strawberry. It's like it's a terrible word. I think ginger kind of came from ginger on Gilligan's Island. Maybe, but it's a stupid word to describe people who are redheads. Ginger is a much more fun word to say than redhead. I, I would much rather, like, I when I am red... Disagree. When I am of various strands of unnatural color... No, ginger is fun. Say yeah. that. Say it with me. Ginger. Ginger. I dislike it. You dislike it? I dislike it. You dislike it. Why? Because redhead is a better description of what they actually are. But really, at the end of the day, they're not really red. They're kind of orange. It's orange head. That's fine, but they're not... Gin- ginger is white. Ginger is the palest thing you have ever seen in your life. It's. I'm telling you, it is from Ginger on Gilligan's Island. She was that redhead on Gilligan's that's Island. That's great. So when I say Ginger, that's what I'm talking about. Fantastic. That's not a terrible word. Anyway, continue your little story there. Anyway, there is an orange-haired female lady cop. <laughs> I've seen that show. <laughs> it's on NBC. She's digiscoping with... Is that a Nikon? I think it is. Mm. With a Vortex scope. So I can't help but wonder, it's like, is this good or bad for Vortex? This is the scope that's going to get you nailed with a ticket. Mm. Anywho. Next story. Okay, I'm going to wrap up with this. Okay. So I got... I'd like to believe that very much. (laughs) So this is the final story. You heard it, listeners. Can you repeat that, please? This this is the final story that I'm going to bring up. Okay. So I got a direct message from uh, the first lady of the American Birding Association. Okay. Liz Gordon. 
Oh, that awkward moment when you go to sip your husband's drink and you assume it's the same thing you're drinking and you no, sip it. It's... And it's very much not what you've been drinking. You've been drinking whiskey. I've been having uh, a gimlet. And a gin that... gimlet that is very much diluted at this point. I know. And I was like, I just want to sip of that. And yeah. I'm wow, that's just really wrong when you that's... think you're going to sip whiskey and yeah. diluted no. whiskey and you sip diluted gin <laughs> with Artificially flavored For people lines. who are listening to this podcast, I need you to imagine that uh, Popeye is talking to you. <laughs> because my wife was literally, like, sc- like half her face was scrunched as if, ah, Popeye. It's like, oh, but it's like, <laughs> oh, I'm going to go over here and drink this. Oh, it's a gym. Oh, oh, oh. Does that make you my olive oil? <laughs> Anywho, okay, so I got this email from Liz, like, hey, quick favor, could you join the ABA? <laughs> oh, did we forget to join again? I thought I did, because sometimes, like, when I write articles, you can just say, like, instead of paying me or as a part of sure. my payment, just, just take out my membership from mm-hmm. this article payment. I lost track, and then, you know, budgets come into play, and mm-hmm. she's like, and, and, and I saw the note come in while I was traveling, I was like, hey, could you join the ABA, and I was like, I'll deal with that later, It's like, say, the membership person really wanted me to email you, could you please join the ABA, and I was like, oh, I'll deal with that, and she's like, so you know that whole contest we're having to uh, get people to join the ABA, yeah, you're kind of running second right now, so it'd be really sucky if you won this, and you weren't an actual member <laughs> of the American Burning Isn't that the prize? <laughs> I know. I was like, "Oh shit! I forgot about that contest." So yeah, if you join the ABA, please, please mention us because, like, I want to do that trip to Panama. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh. But the other thing, and then she was like, and then I was like, "Oh shit! I forgot about that. I'll, I'll, I'll join that." And she's like, "Oh wait, no. I'm sorry. Raymond Van Buskirk just beat you by one." And I'm like, well, "Fuck that, dude." And I'm like, "Well, uh, well, yeah, but well, he's hot. But no, yeah. anyway." Um. Who's number one? It's probably ten thousand birds. Oh fuck them. All right, all right, him? Posse, get ahead and like list us as number one. Well, I think well, because I was like, well, how close is it? As She's a like, former, one... as, a, as a former ABA Birder of the Year, I demand that people join this group and list us as the reason. There's no reason for them to join because basically they're joining. Whoa, whoa, whoa! That's a hell of a membership drive <laughs> slogan. <laughs> no, I mean, there's lots of reasons. I'll tell you what. Everybody out there, you know there's reasons to join the ABA. Tell me why I need to rejoin the ABA. <laughs> no, we should join the... So, I have a question for you, Sharon. When your head turns into a jackass <laughs> and then back again really quick, does that hurt? Is that painful? Don't you know how hot you find that? <laughs> no, I don't know who's first. I would assume it's 10,000 birds. Sure. I would assume that they're hitting that hard. They're tapping that. but um, Jerks. But no, but she said, like, Raymond beat me by one. I was like, oh, well, if I join the ABA, then we're tied. Well, you're tied. Yeah, touche. <laughs> so anyway, there is a contest going on with the American Birding Association. There's one prize that interests me. It's the Panama trip. Because mm-hmm. I would like to take you to Panama. Sure. Um, and maybe if I win it, maybe I'll take you with me. No, that's, that's, that's fine. Yeah. But uh, everything else, like, if we get the binoculars, we'll donate that. <gasps> we'll make that a prize. Or we'll donate it. I feel like I don't need Zeiss binoculars. <laughs> I think we've had this argument before. Yeah, we'll donate them to like that. We'll uh, donate was them. It, was the 
optics for the. There's optics to the tropics. Yeah, that's uh, it. we'll donate it to that. That's although, good although I do. Oh shit! I have two other things to tell you. Yeah. Um, no, I do. I'd like well, to remind you, she said this was the last story. Well, this is all tangential. Um, no, like when we did that contest of like send us the worst bird, bird photo. I remember, sure. like, there is a. a a dude out there who was like taking me to task for not donating my scope to optics to the tropics. Like that could go to someone down there. And I'm like, yeah. And I'm not saying that's not a bad thing. Um, that's great that that goes to people in, in, in central and South America, sure. but my scope could go to anybody. It could go to somebody in Uganda this way. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's anyway, you do what you can where you can. But do you remember the whole Avastar thing? No. Okay, so there was that blowhard who had a blog in Texas. Um, Maybe do much more specific than that. Remember when I was called a bad feminist? I remember several times when you were called a bad <laughs> feminist. Anyway, there was like an issue a couple years ago where I was taken to task for being a bad female. Anyway. Sure. And then this dude who has his own blog decided to get into it, and he was like, he, he started talking about me, and he referred to me as this new breed of birder called an Avastar. Basically, someone who never did any of the work and became famous. I, no, I don't. That is, okay, I'm... You well, were really angry on my behalf at the I'm time. I'm sure I was. That sounds like complete bullshit. Oh, it okay. was. Yeah, it was really great. Sure. He was he was doing a great job of mansplaining my job, okay. and also, like, being dismissive of work that I had done. But anyway... Sure. Avastar has become a running joke between me and some of my birding friends okay. because it's like, oh, that's what you are. You're an Avastar. <laughs> I love that movie. <laughs> a friend of mine is in South America right now at a birding conference mm-hmm. for Avastars. And all their their people that are speaking at it, <laughs> all their top hats. <laughs> and they've even made like little Powerpuff Girl emojis out of it. And they're Avastars. And I'm just like, oh, I wonder if that dude is going to oh, claim oh, rights. Gosh. Because it's just like, that's what he coined me as, is not being a serious person and just being all fluff. And right. I know. People are awesome. Yeah. Is that the last story? That is the last story. Do you have anything to recommend? Not the messenger. <laughs> Watch any other movie other than no, The Messenger. No, I, have I recommended Julie Sikafus's book yet? I don't remember. Okay, even if I have, I'm going to do it again. Julie Sikafus has a really cool book out right now. Mm-hmm. And what's the title? Baby Birds, An Artist Looks Into the Nest. It is a fantastic book. What mm-hmm. I love about it is, if you are unfamiliar with Julie Sikafus, uh, she writes for Birdwatcher's Digest, she's an artist, she's a musician, she's a wildlife rehabber. Mm-hmm. But she has taken her experience as a wildlife rehabber. You're essentially looking into her notebook uh, as she draws baby birds at different stages and what How they rude. grew into. No, I mean, it's it's a gorgeous book. I love yeah. Julie Sikafu's writing. I love Julie Sikafu's artwork. Mm-hmm. I mean... But you don't like Julie Sikafu's, which is the weird part. I do, too. Like, <laughs> sorry. You don't like Julie Sikafu's. You just like her dog, Chet Baker. I'm going to steal your dog, Julie. I'm outside. I'm outside your house right now. She, that woman works out. <laughs> she will kick your. Well, that's ass. why I'm coming in the night when she's asleep to steal Chet Baker. She will take you down. But anyway, <laughs> it's it's well written. It's gorgeous. It's anything you if you've ever wanted to know about. I agree. Pick chimney up. Swifts. It's great. I really wish, like, I am in, like, I write in my little notebooks. I really wish I had her drawing skill because she is. It's amazing. I know her and Catherine Hamilton. Those are my. Oh, and then Christina Ball. Oh God, I met Christine Ball. She is the woman that did that red wing blackbird picture mm-hmm. that I had. She does the 
Drawing 10,000 Birds website. She's selling her stuff super cheap right now. She needs to charge a lot more money, which I told mm-hmm. her herself. But um, if you see her at a bird festival or if you go to her shop drawing 10,000 birds and buy anything, you're getting it at a steal. And you should get it right now. We need to support this young artist because in 10 years from now, she's going to be a Julie Sigapoose herself. All right. Uh, my recommendation, which again is non-birding related, if you need another podcast to listen to, please, 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 if you are a grown-up and you want to feel joy in your life, Please listen to My Dad Wrote a Porno. Uh, it came out last year. I am so much in love with this. It is three friends, uh, one of whom uh, his father self-published a book of erotic literature, and they read a chapter a week. It is hilarious. You are going to enjoy it so much. Is it his is dad so... Chuck Tingle? It is not. His dad's. This is his dad's pen name, Rocky Flintstone. O-M-F-G. It is amazing. It is such... It is so, so... is he writing Flintstones porn? No, it's not. It's just, just the name he he chose. It is it is Business Erotica, which is even better. So please, please, what please... What would your porn name be? Um, I don't know. I have to... I'm going to have to think about that. Uh, but please, there... So they did the first season, which was the first book. And of course, the father has written... At least the second book that is coming this summer, but get yourself caught up now. You are, will not regret it. It is very, very funny. Um, this is Bird Chick Podcast number 209. If you have any questions for Sharon, you can email her. She is Sharon at birdchick.com. She is on Twitter at birdchick, and you can find her online as various bird chicks. We will be back later. Bye-bye. Wait, wait, wait. I'm not various bird chicks. I'm the bird chick. Whatever. Bye. <laughs>